This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? Well, this is your friend, Dr. Cook, and I'm so glad to speak with you once again and to share from the Word of God. I have before me my good old Thompson Chain Reference Bible. I use that oftentimes. I just got a, a, a new edition of the New King James Bible from my good friend Sam Moore of Nelson Publishers. I'm going to use that as I preach and study and pray. Great to have the Word of God available to you, isn't it? I learned to read out of my mother's Bible. She had what was known as a teacher's edition of the Bible. Great big thick book. It was two and a half or three inches thick, I guess, bound in leather. And and uh, so I learned to read out of that. And I've been a fan, you may say, of the Word of God ever since. Well, that's how it is. And I'm glad to be with you. And we're looking at the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Now, Lord Jesus is confronted with a group of disciples who have what we call a burden for the benediction. They said, it's late now. The service has been pretty long. Better send the people away. Send them away, that they may go into the country roundabout and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Now, stop here just for a moment to meditate upon the fact that the fact of human need can produce any number of different responses. They have nothing to eat. Five words that describe 5,000 men beside women and children who were hungry. They have nothing to eat. Now, the first response of the disciples was, get rid of them. We can't do anything about it. It isn't our problem. But turn them over to the social worker. Tell them, turn them over to the United Way. Turn them over to welfare. Turn them over to the police. Turn them over to somebody, but send them away. Get rid of them. Now, the human nature, the good old fallen human nature response to somebody else's need is, get him out of my sight so he doesn't bug me, so he doesn't bother me. That's what they were saying. It's been a long service. Everything is over. People are hungry. Let's get them out of here. Now, I, I'm sure that, that I would be out of line if I suggested that any one of you who listen to these broadcasts had that response. And yet, knowing my own heart, I must say that it is probable, it is probable that at some time or other in your own life, you have had that, that uh, response to somebody else's uh, need or misfortune. Well, it isn't my fault. You can't blame me for what he did. He's got himself to thank. So, you know, that sort of a thing. Can you recall anything like that offhand? Well, I think some of us can. I know I can. Now, what is the answer to that? Well, the answer is what the Lord Jesus gave. See, they have nothing to eat. Well, he said, give ye them to eat which teaches me that my blessed Lord fastens the responsibility to somebody else's need squarely on me because I'm there. When I face somebody else's need, I am responsible to do what I can to meet that need. 
Well, immediately they said, hey, you, you got to be kidding. Shall we go We go and buy 200 penny worth of bread? That's 200 days wages, master. You know we haven't got anything. Well, he said, well, you have something. What do you have? How many loaves have ye? And they said, and when they knew, they had to count it up, you know. Somebody had one little loaf and somebody else may have had two or three, whatever, you know. And so they counted it up and they said, we got five and two fishes. And they weren't very big. They were small. That wasn't enough even to feed the disciples. And that's, that's what bothered them. They were hungry. Oftentimes, my response to somebody else's need is predicated on the fact that I'm not too happy about things myself. So they were hungry as well, and they didn't have enough for themselves, let alone feeding somebody else. Well, it says he commanded them to make all of the people sit down by companies upon the green grass. God is the God of order. They sat down. In ranks, by hundreds and by fifties. God is the God of order. Don't let anybody tell you that the wildfire, hysterical, wild-eyed kind of religion is something that God has ordained. No, he's the God of order. He's the God of reverence. He's the God who said to Moses, Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the ground whereon thou standest is holy ground. He's the God of Isaiah, who, when he caught a vision of God's glory, cried out, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. When he heard the seraphim proclaiming, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. So he's the God of order. He's the God of reverence. He's the God of worship, and he's the God of methodical procedure in solving a problem. And now the word of God has oftentimes spoken to me as I read it. I'm, you know, I'm I'm in the company of people who say, I read my Bible and prayed about it, and God gave me something from his word. There I am. At the same time, I know that God blesses methodical procedure in meeting a need or solving a problem. A red-hot prayer meeting is no substitute for common sense. And so the combination, it seems to me, is trust in your Lord and at the same time a sensible pr- approach. This is what happened here. The Lord Jesus said, I'm going to be in control here. I'm going to meet this need. You do the next thing. You get the people organized in groups so that we can handle them. Sensible and organized procedure is not incompatible with good religion. You can have good sense and good business methods and organized procedure and at the same time have your blessed Lord in control of things and honor him. You follow that? That's a that's a, a good insight to have, it seems to me. So he said, make them sit down. And they sat down. Now, verse 41. Here's the key. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, there has to be a point, beloved, at which I hand over to God what I have to meet somebody else's need. Oh, that I tell you, that bites deeply because oftentimes if you're going to try to meet somebody else's needs, it's going to cut right into your own possessions, your bank account, your wallet, your checkbook, your time, your strength, your abilities, your schedule. I suppose we resent the most when, when, when people's needs cut into our plans and our schedules and we have to see the, the well-laid plans of mice and men going 
uh, astray. Well, I think we better face it. I'm going to face it with you. That if I'm going to help to meet anybody else's need, it is going inevitably to impinge upon I, me, and mine. The loaves and the fishes were theirs. How many loaves have ye? The loaves and the fishes were theirs at one point. But now it says, when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes. Yes, I have to hand them over. I have to hand them over to my blessed Lord. And when he takes them, they're no longer mine. I'm sure that some of the disciples may have thought as, as they handed over these five, they weren't very big loaves, you know, they were flat, round, uh, brown, pancake-looking things that had been baked on hot stones, probably. They weren't very big. But as they handed them over one by one and the dried fish with them, somebody must have said under his breath, well, there goes our lunch. <laughs> you can just see it, can't you? when he had taken. Now, beloved friend, tell me something. What is there that you ought to hand over to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him have it? You know, if you're going to meet somebody else's need, you have to be a person who has given something to Jesus to use. Given it away, that is. There, there wasn't any guarantee that they, they would ever see one bite of that food for themselves. Of course, they did. They had so much that was leftovers. But there was no guarantee at that point that they would ever see one crumb, one bite, one morsel of what they were giving to the Savior. Can you face that truth? I know it's a rough one. I know it's demanding. And I know this whole matter is not very comfortable to contemplate. I'm right there with you. But at the same time, the truth is there. You're going to meet somebody else's need. You and I have to hand over to our Lord. That is, give away to him without any thought of ever getting it back. Something that is calculated for him to use in meeting somebody else's need. Now, I can't begin to specify what that is because I don't know you that well, you see. But you know you, and God knows you. And the two of you can get together on what it is that you ought to place by faith into pierced hands today. Someone wrote long ago a little couplet, only part of which I can remember. Bind your Isaac to the altar. Bind him there with many a cord. Oh, my brother, do not falter. Can't you fully trust your Lord? Of course, that's a throwback to the story of Abraham as he was ordered by God to, to offer up his son Isaac and then stopped with the knife in midair when God said, Now I know that you fear God. God had provided a sacrifice instead. Beautiful story with a tremendous lesson for you and for me. Bind your Isaac to the altar. Bind him there with many a cord. Oh, my brother, do not falter. Can't you fully trust your Lord? What is there that you and I should place in pierced hands today so that our Lord Jesus can multiply? Well, said when he had taken... The five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and brake the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. 
and the two fishes divided he among them all. Time will run out before we finish that verse, but let's start on it. What does the verb taken, when he had taken the loaves? You've given it away to him now. What does that lead to? Well, the first thing is blessing. He looked up to heaven and blessed. I have never in all my life obeyed God about something without getting blessed for it. This is axiomatic. If you'll yield some portion of your life to God and let him use it, there will be blessing for you in the doing. We're going to think about that again when we come back together. When he had taken, what is there you're going to give away to Jesus for him to use today? When you do, be very sure that there will be blessing attached to it. Dear Father, today, help us to place those precious possessions in pierced hands for God to use. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.